everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with one of my favorites during his active days, Reflex, repping Almighty, Soul Felons, and The Hoods. Coming out of Calgary, Alberta, Reflex had a really great blend of set movements and completely in-the-moment movement, and his style is truly one of a kind. We go pretty in-depth into talks about the mental side of breaking, so if you're into that kind of thing, I think you'll enjoy it. Things like being in the moment, the idea of presence versus skill, balancing, memorizing movement, and just moving, the mental battle between you, your opponent, and yourself, and more. I really enjoyed talking with him, and there's a lot more I think we wanted to get into, but that'll just have to wait for another time. For now, this is all we've got, so enjoy the talk. Peace. We're here with Reflex, Shane from Calgary, repping Almighty, Soul Felons, The Hoods. Shane, good to kind of catch up with you. I haven't talked to you in a while since you moved back to Calgary. In a couple of years at least. Yeah, yeah, at least, I think. And then now I'm in Japan, so let's see. <laughs> Even less more. likely that we're going to talk, <laughs> or like meet up and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, usually I get people to do this in the beginning. So, you know, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you mind just doing a little intro? Sure. So people know yeah. who you are. Uh, so I guess in the community, I'm known as Reflex, as Dean says, uh, Almighty Soul Fountain Hoods crew. I've been dancing since 2001, and I would say I probably stopped competitively probably around 2016, 2017. My involvement with the community since then has been pretty minimal. Um, you know, just did some judging. That was like, probably the last time I've done something. And then ever since then, it's just been finding my identity as a normie since. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's about it, man. Like, yeah, it's been floating around. Just trying to catch up on what I missed out from the past yeah, 17 yeah, years, I guess. That's kind of something really, no, we'll get to that. That's an interesting thought. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Now I'm thinking about all these possible things to talk about. In a bit. That's totally fine, man. But uh, yeah. So I kind of want, like, I was mentioning this before. Like, I've kind of become interested in like where people's names come from because sometimes they're totally normal, and maybe yours is a total normal, totally normal story. But um, some people got really interesting stories of like how their name came about. So. Where does where does reflex come from? <laughs> uh, it's probably it's because I was a fourteen year old toy and did not know any better. Essentially, it was literally just I just wanted something to sound cool. I was a kid at the time, and it not no thought, just thought, oh, reflex may sound cool, and I just stuck with it. Um, initially, it's probably better than my first name, which was Rice Boy. I can't believe I'm telling you that because that's when I was like 13 years old, you know, just, just, Rice just uh, yeah, throwing it out there. But yeah, so then Reflex came in and I just stuck with it. I later on gave it, gave it meaning in terms of, because I, I 
uh, I learned how to, to freestyle more in my dancing and I guess uh, react with the music, which is kind of it's kind of ironic because in Calgary there is already a b-boy whose name is React, but um, rest in peace, Jay. But um, but yeah, like I guess it's just another parallel of that mm-hmm. definition. So yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes like that's kind of how names work. Like sometimes you you get a name or you give yourself a name and then it has some meaning and maybe it's like some cheesy meaning in the beginning or it has no meaning and then it just takes on a meaning yeah as the years go on or as you do i stuff mean and, yeah. I, I feel like everyone wants that cool origin story of you know someone you're doing something that's and then someone calls you out like oh yo this is you're known now known as this and then yeah. that's your name and then yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but unfortunately it's not like that <laughs> for everyone you know my name comes from a denny's drink no way, Razzy D. Yeah. <laughs> there was like, there was like Mark and Nathan, and they were sitting, they were sitting at a Denny's, and like, there was some special fruit drink or something called a Raz Dango. Raz Dango. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "Oh, that's a crazy name! Like, someone should have that name. We should name someone that." And then they were like trying to flip it on like people's names and like Razzy, Razzy M or Razzy N, like that sounds stupid. And then they were like Razzy D, oh Razzy D, like that's his new name. They just gave it to me, and then like I had no say in the matter. <laughs> and at the beginning, I was like, I hate this name sounds so stupid. Like, what is this name? And then just kind of stuck. And what would it, you want it to be? Do you ever thought about the alternative? Uh. Yeah, but I had like stupid names, like like you said, when you were when you're young and you're dumb. I wasn't even that young. Well, I guess like seventeen, eighteen is still pretty young and dumb. Yeah, still yeah. pretty young. I like Star Wars, so I was like Boba, uh, Boba Fett, something Fett, or I don't know. Nice Boba Fett. Yeah, something. I don't know. There were other ones that I can't remember. They were all pretty stupid. <laughs> something with like wrestling or video games or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> moving, moving on. Um, yeah, so you're from, you were born in Calgary, born and raised? No, I was born in Ontario. I was born in uh, Petersburg, Petersburg, Ontario. Oh, okay. And I was raised in Calgary. Oh, uh, okay. okay, okay. Um, but yeah, you, like, you started breaking in Calgary, that kind of thing. Can you get into a little bit about like yeah, how you got started and maybe just more broadly about a little bit about the calgary scene what it was like what the vibe was sort of like or is like or whatever sure um yeah so in 2001 my friend just had a birthday birthday party and it was just me him and two other two other guys from a church that he went to and i'd never even heard of breaking i never even really listened to hip-hop music or even know what that was even about but they just showed me they taught me like six moves it was just like uh i don't know if uh, the names would, what, or the names would be similar to what you know, but it was like, yeah, it was like uh, the six step, uh, coffee grinds or helicopters, that Nike kick and and the V kick, you know, like just those six moves or and, and baby freezes. I don't know how many moves it was, but then so just yeah, just in that one night, then I immediately thought this is the coolest thing I've ever done so far in my life, which I was like 13 years old, and then um, I stuck with it and. I just researched as much as I could of what it what it's all about, and 
I'm sure you remember that website breakdowns.com was really the only source I had uh, as like a, just a, a list of moves uh, typed out in text and some GIFs and pictures of these moves. And then you just try to imitate that. And then also music videos would have uh, some clips. I mean, I watched that Run DMC. It's like that video multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have any resources of, you know, what like, you know, like you hear of Ken Swift or, or Storm and Fresh Kids even until way later on. So ever since the, it was just like kind of meeting my friends in junior high and the blind leading the blind, I yeah. felt quite a bit, a lot until, until you act, actively get into the community. And that's where, you know, you uh, hear, you know, hear about J-Bugs and um, the original Roots. Funky Monks, those are the other uh, guys in Calgary, and you know we you've got, we've ha- we've had help along the way, of course, um, by people who weren't even that serious into it, but always sessioned together. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, like, what what was it about the dance that like really captivated you? Because it's like everyone, I don't know, everyone that I've talked to, they kind of, there's like something about it. I don't know what exactly it is, but everyone has that feeling of like, they see it for the first time and it's like, it's, they just want to do it. Yeah, it's like this. these weird, I remember uh, being intrigued by just like the, the weird positions you put your body into and they make a weird image, mm. a, a cool image, I find. I um, I felt I had the similar... Uh, vibe to skateboarding quite a bit Hmm. and but it had i think it just has to deal with perhaps not only well i can't even say the music because at the time the music that i listened to was so whack but um (laughs) it's like what what were you listening to back then oh man it was like you know um what was it called you know what was that one um Bombast bombastic? Oh, uh something, bombastic? something MCs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like it was supposed to be random ones that you find like you type in uh breakdance music on LimeWire <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of flying steps, like the flying steps soundtracks and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Those things and then um but I think it's just like the ability to do really cool looking things that you would never expect a human could do. Mm-hmm. Um was probably my intrigue and breaking as well as the physical like physicality of it mm-hmm. so but to, i think being with your friends and doing it that's what makes makes you stick with it and seeing and, and getting competitive with other people mm-hmm. is what makes you stick with it as well yeah 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 i think that's a big driving driving force like you know, there's a yeah, there's a lot of people who will say like, "Yo, I just do it." I even say this sometimes, like, uh, "I just do it for for fun and that kind of thing," which is true to an extent. Mm-hmm. But like, you can't deny that the fact that like competitions or that the competitive aspect of it uh, helped really drive it forward, push it like creatively because like if there's no if everyone's just having fun there's no kind of like no incentive to like 
do anything crazy. Yeah, right? Definitely. Yeah. You know? And also like, um, I mean, it's like the only dance in the world where you have someone spinning on one hand or their head. That's how it's yeah. pretty crazy to even think about. Yeah, and yeah. then, um, but yeah, the competitiveness is a huge, if, well, like, I think I felt, I felt, I'm sure you heard a lot of people say this too, but, uh, back then the, there was beef and actual hate, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that there isn't now, but at the same time, that was, a, it, it was a huge factor mm -hmm. as well, you know, especially being a kid and young and dumb and gawky, mm, you want to yeah. prove yourself and, but yeah, that stuff calms, calms down over time, obviously. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's kind of like, it's a good thing to have the different generations. Like, let the young, dumb, <laughs> cocky kids do their thing and like, build their rep and like, everyone, everyone should go through that and have that time. But then, you know, just be prepared older. to just be prepared to cringe when you look back on it, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, man, there's so many, so many things like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, man, I was... I was basically a cringy teenager till about I would say twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think most but, people. Yeah, some people yeah. never grow out of that phase, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know. Yeah, but uh, I think you know that's like a natural progression. You, when you're young, you you want to do and do all the stuff, prove stuff, make your mark. And you get older, and maybe you're doing it in a different way or something like that, but. You just kind of stop caring as much. <laughs> yeah, them. I mean, like battling itself. It's like I remember be, being really into. Um, I know, like you've talked about uh, with your meditations and stuff, but like uh, you know, talking about your own ego and trying to find that balance of knowing when to kind of pull yourself back in mm. a way. Mm. Um, I remember like, battling really, you had to really be witness or, or keep an eye on, on yourself in check. I felt like, mm -hmm. um, being too overconfident will, can lead to certain certain things that you may regret or, mm -hmm. um, not value or even not valuing yourself as much will also lead to those, uh, underwhelming, uh, consequences as well. Mm -hmm. But, Sorry, I, it's just like it's funny that I'm talking to this stuff, talking about this stuff which I never really did. So, it's like hearing myself say it is kind of <laughs> trying to articulate, you know. Your, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Trying I, to yeah. articulate your beliefs, I guess, is what you're trying yeah. to say. Well, I think that's that's part of the reason why I like this thing is, you know, dance is a very visual thing, and you just kind of like watch it a lot, and sometimes it's kind of hard to put into words like what is what is like special about this thing or what what is really happening what's like what's going on underneath the surface of like that visual that initial visual kind of uh thing yeah oh so exactly it's, yeah, yeah it's a good thing to have people talk about this and, and discuss these things but yeah yeah um, on, on that note, I guess, like, uh, actually just talking about this with my girlfriend the other day, because we're talking about, uh, presence versus skills. And I felt like 
I feel like it's very rare that you would even like when you're watching breaking on YouTube, just say the ability to, to capture the presence of the dancer I find is very rare and you have to be present yourself to kind of recognize, recognize it. Um, Cause there's always these battles that you see in the, the contradictory of this guy was doing is very skillful, you know, he's throwing his moves out there, but the other person was probably more basic in a way. And by the same time, like you weren't there to feel the presence. And I feel like that kind of overtakes a lot of things that people don't understand when they just watch it on, mm. on YouTube. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, there's, it's like, you know, I kind of think of it like uh, when you, let's say you go to some like some viewpoint or something, you're, you're a tourist somewhere and you go to some viewpoint, you see these great mountains and forests and stuff and the sky is like whatever. And you have this, this view of what it's like to be there and see it with your own eyes and that kind of thing. And then you try and take a picture. And you see the picture and you're like, oh, what the hell? Like, this is not even close to what it really is or or whatever. So, you know, I always think that it's, it's really hard to capture what it's like to actually be there and see the person live for the first time, that kind of thing, versus seeing them on like a video with a specific angle or something like that or... The that's music a, is that's a great know, analogy yeah something like yeah. that like it's you know it's definitely a different feeling of like being there and seeing it and like it's not even about seeing the dancer it's about being at the event and what was the event like and what were the people like what was the build lit like the environment like leading up to that battle what were some of the battles that happened before like everything kind of contributes to that single moment i guess yeah so like if I you weren't totally there agree. for that kind of thing like it's hard to fully understand maybe what what was going on yeah. agree um and i guess if you're talking about presence like in the dancer's perspective i always felt maybe you, you as well um i felt like when i was starting out like as a kid it was very easy to get into that moment um of being present and mm. feeling the music and actually just being in the moment while doing your rounds or whatever and putting feeling behind your moves. But mm. I felt like the older I got, uh, even though my, I would say my styles changed quite a bit, it was harder to even get into that moment. Um, I felt more in my head, if anything, but at the same time, I felt like I had more content, mm -hmm. but at the same time, maybe the content was more empty than it was back when i was younger and mm. you know had more feeling yeah. but yeah it's this weird like balancing balancing act between well, i don't know like you kind of mentioned it before just like ego ego and not in the sense of like i'm the best kind of thing but like psychological ego like, like your your how can i put this like your perception of yourself and and how others are perceiving you and how you're perceiving them perceiving you that kind of thing like yeah that the mind watch really... watching the mind yeah yeah and like depending on the person like and just kind of you how you are your personality like that can really change things for for some people 
maybe we're kind of similar in this aspect <laughs> of like you know it'd be like at a practice um if if i'm just like it's the kind of thing maybe this is not this is a lot of people like if you're just at a practice with your friends you you feel really comfortable and you like you're not afraid to do anything even if it's kind of weird and you just do stuff and you know they might hate it or whatever but it doesn't matter because it's like you have a connection with that person and these people and whatever and it's it's, it's like your environment yeah it's like a uh i don't want to say safe it's like a comfortable environment you're you're relaxed and you're natural and that kind of thing but then you go to like i don't know like for me like robson square it's a very public place it's very open and like anyone can come by and you know we knew most people that were there but occasionally you get like some random person and they just kind of like come and watch and like the instant that happened or if they had a camera and they're taking pictures the instant that happened for me personally i would like shut off like i would just stop practicing and i couldn't practice and i know exactly how you feel with that it's like you almost it's they're almost putting you on the spot you yeah know? you and you've, then yeah. you kind of you've, react it's like i'm not here to perform yeah exactly right <laughs> so yeah. i don't know maybe we're kind of like similar in that sense that what we do when we dance is really for in a lot of ways like for ourselves that we want to do it or, or that kind of thing and when yeah when you have something where someone's watching or i don't know maybe you feel the same way this is how i felt like for a long time when i was going on to into a battle or something even now like you do a battle and like it's really hard for me to just kind of like let go and do stuff there's been only been like a few times where i felt really comfortable and even then i was kind of doing my sets but i felt like relaxed and they were just kind of flowing out but now it's kind of like I feel like I have to, especially in a competition, like I feel like if I don't do this move, then like it's not enough and I, I'm i not going to like impress the judge enough and I'm kind of dancing for the judge, for approval of other people and that kind of thing. It's kind of just overthinking it. In, in, yeah, like, yeah. in the end, I think, I think it's just overthinking it. Yeah. Um, I remember just some specific moments where I would I would even have like a pre a whole premeditated set and it's like okay I'm gonna like for this next battle I'll do this this and this and I would do it and it would execute well but then the next guy who was Nick's Nick's uh, it was about you, your crew at uh, massive massive day and uh, oh, Nick's okay, came, yeah yeah Nick's came out the next round and completely destroyed uh, my round because he was his absolute presence and you could feel it. Mm. like sure this stuff like is not as difficult but man like the feeling that he puts behind it mm. and it just it's just over it just takes it over essentially mm. so that taught me quite a bit about you know presence and premeditated and stuff like that yeah, yeah but in terms of like the whole like um overthinking it when other around other people i like were you i guess when you were younger i remember I remember for myself being very open and very um, comfortable in 
large ciphers and crowds and stuff. And I was able to <clears throat> get down no matter how stupid I looked or I didn't really feel like I was doing anything stupid or, you know, thinking about overthinking about what I'm doing in the circle until I got older, I guess, maybe self-esteem got down or something like that, or yeah, it could be, you know, but maybe being young and dumb or just overconfident or being super confident has this advantage in in this dance in a way yeah yeah for sure i i was i was like terrified of those kind of things in the beginning <laughs> but uh like you know i said mentioned before there's only been a few times where i felt really good and just confident and stuff and yeah. you know i think i know what it what it is now like the makes me feel whatever self-conscious and stuff like that and a lot of it is just um practice and f being familiar with what i'm doing hmm. like if i'm if i'm familiar even if it's like say my style has changed and i'm i'm well, i guess that's the that's the the thing that doesn't match at the moment is the way I practice is all like I don't do any like sets anymore and I just move and and I sometimes just get up and like whatever but it's just yeah. me practicing usually well before <laughs> <laughs> and, and then but if I went to an event especially if it was like a competition felt more comfortable in, in circles and stuff but even then it still feels like, especially in Japan I don't know it's like the vibe is very like I have to show my skills and this kind of thing. And there's a lot less of like, yeah, I'm just vibing and like chilling yeah. and doing stuff. And like maybe part of it too is like, I don't know anybody. And so it's like kind of hard. So you to kind of have to that. maybe prove yourself in a way. Like, do yeah, you feel like just that? like it's, it's hard to feel comfortable with yeah. these random people that you don't know. But part of it is like the way that a lot of people, approach the dance sort of and it depends like but it's very like competitive and very uh whatever oriented which is you know it's a, super serious yeah a little bit serious at times um but yeah like it's the yeah kind of like reminding myself like hey wh why are you doing this why are you what's your reason for dancing are you dancing to to please these other people or are you dancing just for yourself and to like express something do something right? right and i think the more clearly you define that for yourself the more the easier it is to like just kind of let go of these judgments that are going on in your head <laughs> i i think you said the key word like letting go is is it essentially um like for i know it's like when it, like the more like i used to meditate like quite a bit and it's nothing like spiritual and nothing like that just more exercise for the mind essentially mm -hmm. is how i look at it but the more i did that the more i stood i stayed out of my head and the less i second guessed myself mm -hmm. and that was a huge like a huge uh, difference in feeling when it came to dancing. It, uh, I know usually at practice or in ciphers. Um, at practice, you know, I would just a lot of times 
if I if I get on my back, I would stay on my back and lay down there for a while because mm-hmm. I'm just in my head, just thinking constantly. Mm-hmm. But the more clear I keep my head, I find it. I'm out of that habit, and I'm just constantly doing doing movements or doing something that's pr- more productive. I would say. Mm-hmm. So that could be also like a, a technique, maybe to to for for competitions and for these social gatherings or whatnot, just to get out of your heads and stop second guessing yourself too, because that's all it is. It's, I, I feel like all it is, is just, it's just, it's all in your head, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you have to have those, like that example you gave with Nick's, like yep. you gotta have something happen to you sometimes for it to like, like flip a switch kind of or like for something to trigger in your head of like oh now i get it now i understand like that thing or whatever and and uh you know sometimes it's like getting smoked or it's getting embarrassed or whatever and you get that feeling you're like i don't know i think it's one of the reasons why this is kind of like human talk now like why why people focus more on like negative stuff than they do on on positive stuff why it affects you more um and i think it's because like you know there's a lot more to learn from negative experiences if you're able to kind of figure it out and figure out what what there is to learn but like something's good is happening like you don't want to change anything because that was good it happened like i want to keep doing that right but when something bad happens or you feel something bad, you're like, start thinking about, well, well, damn, like, why did I, yeah, like, why did that guy smoke me or whatever, whatever it is, like. Or even, like, good things can happen, like, you you win, but yeah. it's an empty win, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a another way, I guess, too, but. Yeah, but that can be, like, you get that negative feeling, right? Yeah. Maybe. And so then you start to think about like, why am I getting this negative feeling? Like when you feel good, you don't think like, why am I feeling good? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you do. I kind of just like, damn, this feels good. Like I want to do this again kind of (laughs) thing. But when it's like, like you said, even if it's a win, you might, and you, but you don't feel good about it or something like that. You, you start thinking about like, why do I not feel good? Like, I don't think I deserved it. And then that might make you think like, all right, well, I, I want to make my wins more decisive or something like that. I don't know, whatever you're something to improve yourself, something to improve yourself. But it's like, you can figure out like, well, why, why do I feel like that? And how do I stop feeling that way? Kind of. And of course, like we've kind of mentioned here, like you can go too far with that and get too in your head, (laughs) think too much and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, we got into this weird, like meditative, meditative headspace, uh, mentality (laughs) conversation. Random. I feel, but I feel like that, that dominates most of the dance, like most of uh, practicing in competition, like, um what um i've i've made it like um sorry in competitions there's been times where i didn't even make pre make make uh prelims and things like that or because i was too in my head and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know like maybe 
maybe it is like when you get to a certain when you get your skills up and stuff like that it turns almost into just a mental game or it could always be a mm -hmm. mental game um, but it's definitely i think a huge portion of the dance oh yeah 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 because yeah. it's about expressing yourself right? yeah, yeah yeah and like bruce lee said it's like the hardest thing to do but yeah for sure like and i think even just a lot of people don't necessarily even understand i mean i guess people might have different interpretations of what that means of like to express yourself you hear that like you hear that all throughout the dance all oh, or in any type of art it's like oh it's about expressing yourself like what does that mean like do i can you is that words like do i just tell how, how yeah yeah what, well what, so so i had a like random not random but i had kind of like an epiphany I would say it's kind of like sometime last year or maybe a couple of years ago, but part of it is like, you know, you always hear people compare breaking or just, well, whatever, but it happens a lot in breaking where they compare it to like language. Hmm. You know, people will talk about having like a lot of vocabulary, dance vocabulary, and they just mean moves and stuff like that. And like, I always heard it, like the way that you structure around is like a sentence. You have a beginning, middle, and end, and you got to do that with a sentence, right? And you have like a period, and you have the subject at the beginning or whatever, that kind of thing in a very basic level. But, okay. and I'm not even sure how deep the people that were saying this were thinking about it, but like now that I've been in Japan and like teaching, teaching English and then learning more about like how how language works and stuff like that and talking with my dad too about all this he started like wood carving and stuff like that and just doing art and talking about art with him and like art is about yeah like expressing something but it's kind of just like saying something but and so so back to where <laughs> i was going with this is uh like the comparison with language is really appropriate in my opinion because like when you think about language, I think a lot of people don't think of it, think of it as art, but it kind of is. It's super creative. It's um, like the way that you have to go about it is very similar to say like the way that you would do dance or create music or something like that. It's like, and it kind of anything like this was, it's hard to express it because it's like so many different things, but like even people's separation of like art and science and stuff like that, like they're very similar. It's just people going through the similar processes in like a different domain kind of thing. And like, so if you don't have, let's say, so like learn your foundation, that kind of thing is like, yeah, of course you got to do that, but it's kind of like, the reason why you do that is that you have like a solid base to build off of and it sounds like it sounds so obvious to hear that but like let's say in dance when you're like freestyling if you want to freestyle if you want to like just create in the moment if you want to be able to react to the music or whatever or let go you have to have a good base because when your mind goes, it goes to that stuff. It goes to the stuff that's unconscious that you don't have to think about. And so like, 
that's the stuff that just comes out. And the thing is like, we're taught that foundation is like six step, three step, CC hook, two step, like uh, whatever uh, cross step, I don't know, whatever people want to call these different moves um, and like a baby freeze and that kind of thing. That's the foundation. It's kind of like foundation is like whatever you're building off of. Mm. So if you learn windmills first, and then if you learned like a backflip and an air flare and a whatever, like that's kind of your foundation. You're not going to default back to footwork and that kind of thing. And like, if that's your foundation and if you're really dancing and listening, like you can dance with flips and, and whatever, if you want, that's a... but yeah, like, so like kind of steering it back to um like expressing something like so it's easy to to understand that with language because like you're literally saying things and like that's those are words that people understand and everyone if they're speaking the same language they understand what you're saying right, right. but so that's one way of expressing something but say dance or music or sculpting or whatever is another form of expressing something right it's not necessarily like well i mean even conversations can be super abstract and and weird and and not really say anything like just listen to like a philosophy kind of <laughs> discussion or whatever but like the so the point is like so let's say there's a song there's no word and maybe there's no words but like, you can still get, you can still feel something from certain songs. Like just the other day, I was listening to this like, or it was last year when I first heard it, but I was reminiscing. It's like this Justice song from like a few years ago. And like, you, maybe it's because I'm a dancer or I do, did dance that like, I kind of understand it a bit more. I can feel something more from it because yeah. I sort of speak the language or I speak something similar to it. But it's that kind of thing of like, you know, it makes you feel something. Yeah. Right? Even though there's no words, right? So it's kind of like saying something in the language of music or whatever. And then the way that I've been interpreting dance these days is like you're taking that music and you're kind of just translating it into movement and and so in that sense like you're you're not necessarily like you're expressing something but you're kind of guided by the the music right correct but so you're kind of like dance is more like translating i think unless it's <laughs> full-on like say the dance that we do i guess is more like there's music and you're turning that like auditory kind of thing into mm -hmm. visual yeah and that's what it is and so in that sense you're expressing whatever the music was expressing in a different form in a different language and like people who understand that language they can feel it more and they can get they can understand what you're saying more but if someone like has no idea, they've never done dance, they don't know anything about it, they don't even really listen to music or anything like that, it's like 
they might not get it. And that's why things that are really obvious and and easy to or understand. Or the big like words. A, they like the big words. Yeah. Swear well, it's like, words, you know. <laughs> or even to make like a comedy comparison, it's like people who really like comedy, they'll like the people like, I don't know, like Norm MacDonald, who are like, to someone who doesn't really follow comedy much, he's like, he's just not funny. Or he's like, what? He's telling a bad joke. But like that, to someone who... And maybe this is a personal preference too, but like he's, he's a guy that like, I don't know, he kind of get, in my opinion, he gets comedy on like another level than a lot of people. And it's like, like his roast of Bob Saget. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The roast no. is like, you roast them and you say horrible stuff about them. And like a lot of times it's about being vulgar and doing these things and everyone did it this way and then he came up and he kind of like roasted the idea of roasting by doing <laughs> like i don't know like old timey like dad joke kind of things they weren't even dad jokes they were like just old timey bad jokes and he kind of bombed purposely on stage wow. but like but the comedians watching that they're like they're probably like pretty awestruck with what he just did. Yeah, well, like a lot of the people, like it's the kind of thing where a lot of people will watch it and they'll be like, what? Like, that's not funny. But then that's kind of what's funny. And he knows that that's, and like, and it's, then it's a pattern that builds and it builds and it builds. And it's kind of like, you get what he's doing or what he's trying to do or that kind of thing. Or like, I don't know. I remember, kind of I, I remember watching. Too, like, <laughs> well, on that, like, I remember watching Lords of the first Lords of the Floor with uh, uh, Crumbs and Remind, hmm. and Remind does his signature hands, like headstand with the you know with the wrist turned out, yeah, as a cross. And I remember thinking as a kid, like I was like you know very young, I was like that's that's just a handstand. What the hell? Yeah, like yeah. why is everyone going crazy? Yeah. Then later on, you realize it's how he got into it, mm -hmm. and. The, and the transition in, in, into that was like insane. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's the, the kind of thing of like, the more you understand, uh, sorry. So this is what I was getting at with the comedy thing <laughs> is like people who really like something deeply, they'll, they'll pay attention to the details more. And yeah. it's not necessarily like, the obvious things that are funny it's because it's sort of like you got to think a bit more that makes it funny or whatever like there's low-hanging fruit everywhere and like someone can say shit and balls or something like that and in a certain way and yeah it's kind of funny maybe or whatever but yeah like the ones that make you think more and work a bit more for the laugh, like those are the ones that people who really like something will like get into, right? They won't like the, I don't know, the like Dane Cook. This is like dating my comedy <laughs> knowledge, but like Dane Cook. I never, I just was never a fan of him. He's just loud and he yells and stuff. Or like even guys like Joe Rogan, like, hey, he's, he's all right. He's funny, but I, I feel like those, um, like with the comedies and 
and just like say like learning a language right you, mm-hmm. for some people they like st- starting out with the dane cooks or like the swear words like the swear words yeah. like, it's like yeah, the exactly. first thing you ask about a language and then it's like oh you know what maybe i should learn a bit more and then they kind of dig yeah. deeper yeah, so yeah, yeah. you have to like you have to have those types of uh comedians or or languages uh, words or whatever i think just to hook mm-hmm. the new someone new and then mm-hmm. it's up to them really to yeah, yeah yeah dive into it yeah like everyone serves their own purpose and stuff like that it's the kind of thing of like you know i don't even know if people even pay attention to this stuff anymore but like you know the olympics and people were going kind of crazy with that and like breakings in the olympics and stuff yeah and like is it it's gonna ruin breaking or it's gonna be great for breaking and this kind of thing and like yeah maybe it's both it's probably both (laughs) (laughs) but like you know that's that is a thing that you get the olympics there's a lot of people that will watch it out of those people there's probably a decent amount that are gonna want to start out of those there's probably some amount that are gonna want to go a little deeper and like it's not a bad thing not at all i i I, like Adult me supports the Olympics and stuff, but young me probably wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, there's just, I don't know, this is something that's not even dance related. And it's kind of like, this goes for everything. It's like, people can, are, people have a really hard time of like trying to see both sides of something. And with any subject, even... Yeah like yeah even with like it's just so many things in especially now where it's like you're this camp or you're this camp you're you're republican or you're democrat you're religion or you're science you're uh yeah olympics there's no gray area anymore there's no gray area and like that's what most of life like well i don't know just stuff doesn't fit neatly into boxes all the time not at all or like you can generalize but there's gonna be things or people or whatever that are kind of on the periphery and maybe they're sort of in the other camp or they're starting to become something else or whatever yeah something new that doesn't even exist anymore like i was thinking about that with um with like the progression that breaking took you had like the 70s and then it turned into the 80s, which had its own kind of vibe. And it was pushing like, you know, lots of spinning and stuff like that. And then you had the 90s, which was like kind of even more crazy spinning and power moves. And But then you also started to get just weird like abstract styles. And um, part, I don't know, maybe it's because like breaking just took its own, uh, like a life of its own. And it moved out of New York and like, it's like, all right, well, now this is like California's way of moving. This is Texas's way of moving. This is Japan's way of moving. This is like whatever. And then like that kept going and kept people kept pushing the like creative side. And you get like weird things like uh, like Midas, who's like, is he, he's not even, he doesn't even break, but he kind of breaks, but he kind of pops. But he kind of like, he, <laughs> he's not either one of them. So he doesn't really fit into any like category and then you had like circus dudes circus runaways and like freakazoid and all these people and it's like all right that's 
pretty crazy, like pretty creative, but it's starting to kind of not really look or feel like breaking to me. But is that a bad thing? Like maybe it's just becoming something else. And like, I don't know, that can be, that can be something else. Like breaking didn't just like suddenly pop up and it's like, this is breaking. It started, it came from other things and it evolved from other things. Like, you know, I think people forget that. It's like the whole, uh, I guess, rock dance, like rocking, you know, that's its own thing, but a lot of people didn't know at the time. And maybe they were complaining about people in breaking culture being like, that's not how you do it, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, it's always adaptive. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's a good skill for people to practice is like learning to try and see both sides and get a full picture and not be so... It's funny because I was talking with Renegade about this and it's kind of like kind of related that for a dance that's so that pushes like be creative, be do be innovative, do all this new stuff. It can be very like this is how you do it. This is right and this is wrong and this kind of thing. (laughs) And it's kind of like what are you what's going on? Like I get that to an extent because like you know, if you want something like you have to have some rules, right? And you have to define it to an extent if you want it to be a thing. Because if you don't do that, then it just never becomes a thing. And it's just always this like nebulous kind of thing, or it just never solidifies as a thing. And it just turns into something else. I guess like thinking about it, I just don't know what their, what uh, their goal is. If they want breaking to be, a certain way all the time um because then everyone will just look the same yeah. everyone will dance the same then yeah, yeah. it becomes boring then and then i think eventually it'll just break out again like it'll just be its own mm-hmm. thing like, with people doing it so i i don't know why people try to control mm-hmm. what it is but i know there's there like people were there just to teach how it was mm-hmm. and that's important Mm-hmm. to know where it comes from but, but yeah i mean i didn't learn that stuff until way later like yeah yeah so it was it was like the the, the power moves that korea was doing and like the tricks that you know in 2000 like uh, texas era in two th- early 2000s that was what really intrigued me mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. i and, and i remember specifically it was when I remember when uh, Luigi came down and did that jam in Vancouver. Um, uh, Soul Foot, and it was a, I think. Yeah, and he was a judge there, right? I felt like th- that at that moment kind of flipped uh, breaking uh, single-handedly almost where everyone started to be looking to the whole traditional style and started mm-hmm. rocking rock city. They kind of left that whole blow-up stage and started learning more on the foundation stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing that transition was pretty interesting too yeah and that's when the you know born came out with like against casper that whole era and yeah it's just interesting to see yeah like you know i think that's kind of the nature of just anything is like there's going to be trends and people most people will just follow the trend and most people I don't know this is sounding like because i'm kind of like thinking about this 
as I'm going, like where it's headed. And it sounds kind of pretentious, but <laughs> well, I, mean, I kind of I kind of think there's a lot of people just don't think. <laughs> they don't, well, they're like, like obviously people think, but they're not necessarily like. Maybe it's not not thinking. Maybe it's just being inspired by what they see constantly. Um, yeah, yeah. But but so, then even just conscious, kind of being conscious of that, of like, well, what am I watching? And, and what am I just kind of, when I say think, I, I just mean, it's like awareness right. of just anything. And like, it, again, this is like, not just breaking. It's like <clears throat> the kind of thing of going to, let's say you go to some famous tourist place or whatever. And a lot of people will just go and they're like, they just want to get a picture and to say that they were there and they, not everybody will go and just kind of like sit there and take like let's say you go to i don't know the eiffel tower or something like that guaranteed most people will probably like go and they can take a picture and like wow this is so crazy i'm in paris and doing this and like look that's the eiffel tower it's probably very few people that would go and just kind of like sit there and look at it and be like you know how did they make this or look at the way that the structure is like the way that the girders are going around or like or not even not even that but like just to just sit there and and what's the word kind of just like be and absorb this like image that's there it reminds that reminds me of like a story like um my girlfriend told me when she went to see like okay i'm i'm terrible when it comes to like art culture and things like that but she went to the museum where the mona lisa is right mm -hmm. And of course, everyone, the Mona Lisa is like crowded to mm -hmm. the back of the hall and everything. And people are just trying to take a picture from 20 feet away. Mm -hmm. But then she noticed on the side, it's like this very famous painting by this very famous artist that's just on the side. No one's looking at mm -hmm. Why isn't this being praised as well, mm -hmm. essentially? But it's just, I don't know, like cause I'm a victim of that too. Like where it's, you're so influenced by what you see, what's in front of you. Yeah. It's hard to be step outside like oh this is just a trend sure it's just a trend but i do want to learn it like i want to learn yeah. like when tap mills were a thing like yeah or breaking like it was a huge thing i want to learn tap mills and air chairs and things like that but like you said it's important for someone to kind of be self-aware of what they're looking at kind of critically think exactly what it means to be influenced by the trend you won't see a lot of other people do it and maybe it's something that you want to learn for yourself so you can call someone out on it mm -hmm. um but that's that's probably what society is kind of going through right now you know with this like we said that the whole dividedness mm -hmm. and everything yeah but yeah. and like you know that's sort of just human nature like we 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 follow and we copy and that's I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> like, like that's just kind of it's like built into our DNA. Like I I I realize this more learning language. Like, and the one of the best ways to like learn language is to surround yourself with it because you're getting so much like input and hearing it so much. You just naturally kind of like pick up patterns. You pick up like ways of talking words. 
you don't even necessarily need to have someone say like, oh, this word means this word. You just kind of get it through the context of seeing it so many times or hearing it so many times. Like, like if you think about it, when you learn, when you're a kid and you learn a language, you spend like years and years of just hearing it and you pick it up. You don't, no one ever teaches you like the subject has to go here and you need a verb and this kind of verb. And, uh, if you're using go in the past, it's went and, you know, like no one teaches you that you just hear it and you mimic what's going on around you. And like, it kind of gets into the, the thing of like with biting and people talking about biting. And I think that's a good rule to set in, in the community of like, try your best to not look like anyone else. Right. right? But to, to say like, you're never allowed to copy anyone and do anything. It's like, you're never allowed to do that and pawn it off as your own idea. That's the bad thing. But yo, go and copy all you want and like, then rework it and flip it. And like the way I think this is like another language analogy of like, when you're writing an essay or something like that, it's like you, if you say something that's already been said, then you got to reference that, right? You got to like put a, whatever you got to reference it and have a bibliography, whatever. And, and you could just a lot of times too, it's like, you could just take the idea and just show here's the idea, but then you want to like contribute something. And even if it's like recontextualizing it or something like that, it's like putting it in your own words or something like that. Like we were taught that I was told that in school all the time, like in high school, Yeah. like you read like, okay, you're doing a book report or something like put it in your, in your own words, express it, how you express it. We're all saying the same thing, but how do you say it? How are you going to say it? That kind of thing. And it's the same kind of like way that I think about with say, um, like biting and stuff like that. Like, like there's like a billion, how many, 6 billion people, 7 billion people. Right. Something like that. I think, <laughs> yeah, something like that. And to like, to, to say that, oh, everyone is magical and special and a unique person. Like, no, like we're yeah. mostly the same. And then, there's a few things like everyone has a different experience, but like in general, we're all humans and <laughs> we have a lot of shared experiences. Right. And so like yeah. a lot of stuff is going to be similar, but that doesn't mean that you can't strive to do something new, to do something different. And like human history is proof that we're capable of doing that. But you know, some stuff like repeats, it's just in a different context, in a different, whatever. And Luigi is a good example of that, you know, like, or even born or, or Casper or whoever, like they're doing sort of like traditional styles. Yeah. Maybe Luigi like less. So he had, he's more whatever, but he had his phase, right. Where he went through that, but say like Casper and born and those guys, they're doing that traditional style in a new context, in a new, like time, modern, type of modern thing. time. So they have, like everything that they, like all their influences 
which might be all that traditional stuff comes in and it mixes with like the time that it's in and their other influences that they've had because they're not a b-boy from the 70s or 60s or whatever <laughs> like they're from whatever the 90s or early 2000s or whatever like yeah so they have a different context but they can take that old stuff and and it becomes something kind of new like to say that born is dancing exactly the same as like uh Ken Swift in the 70s or something like that or even in the 90s like there's no way not even close like they're totally different but yeah I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> <laughs> um there is something else oh yeah okay so we talked a lot about just like a bunch of random stuff mentality and creating and expression language. and art and these kind of things and then one thing this i don't know why this stuck out in my head but i think it was like some old post that like discussion post that i think switch maybe made or maybe you made it on the old like to for to from to okay. discussion like facebook group and it was about yeah battles and exchanges okay kind of thing. yeah i don't think i think switch made it but yeah. i feel like he made it because i said something that involved exchanges <laughs> and then he asked what do you like he made a post just asking what does you know yeah, what, what is what exchanges? is that? Yeah, what are yeah. exchanges and i didn't even put that much thought into it but <laughs> you know it was, it was just something that maybe maybe i regurgitated it from somewhere but like it makes sense to me where an exchange is just you go round for round. Um, and if they're really battling someone, if you're really battling someone, just say um, you respond to what they do with what you do, but better mm -hmm. um, what you think is better. Mm -hmm. If someone it's like the whole, you know, if someone does power, you show that you have power, mm -hmm. but better or mm -hmm. tops or better. Just to me, that's, it's just the, if you will, the conversation of the battle. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I don't know if uh, Switch meant something different or yeah. Well, I don't I, know. <laughs> from what I remember, like his his uh, his his train of thought was like a battle is a battle. Like you're not trying to exchange with them. So don't call like an exchange is not a battle, oh, that kind okay. of thing. Yeah, there's some people who are like, you know, I battled this guy and we had a nice exchange or something like that. But to him, I think maybe I'll have to have him on here again. And I, I guess that. like in that in that context, like next, and maybe he's he's thinking more of the actual definition of the exchange, where you give something to and take something back. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the way that I think about it is is really like like. Again, it's like another language analogy. Like we're we're just having a conversation and we're going back and forth and talking about stuff. And sometimes you'll say something and that makes me think something and then I build on it or you build on it, something like that, right? Right. And to me, that's like an exchange, right? No one's yeah. trying to like win anything, but it's two people and we're going back and forth and saying ideas and here's an idea. Oh, maybe that's related. Let me build on that. Or, hey, here's something that... I think it's interesting what do you think about it that kind of thing that to me is an exchange and a battle is more like 
an argument. It's more like I'm trying to prove something. I'm trying to prove that you're wrong, that your point, your whole existence is wrong, <laughs> that your style is terrible and you should not be saying that, like that kind of thing. Right. And so in that sense, it's very like more attack oriented. So it's like, you know, they did this thing, they messed up, you show it, you show that they messed up or they're, they can't do this thing, you show that they can't do it or they do this thing that you can do better. Like you said, you one up them and that kind of thing. And it's really, it's like, what are, what are you trying to do? And so to me, they're totally different things. Right. Like if you exchange with someone, you didn't really like battle them, battle them. <laughs> and you yeah. might've like called, I don't know if you would even call it a call out. You just like, you're not really calling them out. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe but a lot of this stuff is like semantics, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't think they're, yeah. And I don't think Switch was making this point either that they're like, exchanges are whack and they shouldn't exist or something like no. that. Like, it's just, I guess, like, finding the real definition of what we mean by exchange and battling because we've been throwing, I've been throwing that word around quite a bit, to be honest, when I yeah. talk about breaking. Because, um, I mean, sure, there's been heated battles and stuff, but how, but I, Looking back, I'm trying to think of like there's only maybe a handful of battles where you actually where I actually felt like I'm fucking battling you, you know? Yeah. Like for the most part, I always had have uh, quite a bit of respect to, to who I'm facing or whatever. So mm. it's not that I'm trying to fucking one up them and things like that. Yeah. Um unless I don't agree with how they their approach. Mm. Um but for the most part it's just just an exchange for me well yeah. but like you can know. you can have a debate and have it be yeah. respectful and that kind of thing and like i don't know it's just my personal bias i think that's like the best way to think about it just think like the same kind of there's a conversation and just a friendly conversation and then there's a debate and a debate and argument <laughs> debate and argument and you're trying to prove something yeah agreed yeah that kind of thing you take a stance and you're trying to prove it and just like a debate or a battle sometimes people get really entrenched and they don't want to give any ground they don't want to be like you know what fair point on that one that was uh <laughs> that was a good point you got me there no one no one ever wants to do that <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah um I think that's a good spot to kind of end things for now. I think there's probably a lot more that we could talk about maybe some other time. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. It's, but, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun exchange right now. <laughs> having, um, yeah, it took a really unexpected turn into a lot of different things, which is cool. Like, you know, I had this sort of bullet points of like, okay, well, I want to, kind of talk about these things and then it just went off into whatever but i think you know that i wanted to bring this up too before we were talking about like i forget what we were talking about but it's the idea of um like if you're too if you're too focused on like it's got to go this way and this 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 like i think we were talking about letting go how to like being able to let go and that's part of it it's like you have a you can have a plan 
but the plan's got to be able to be fluid or it's got to be yes. adaptable and that kind of yeah. thing. So, but to be able to do that, you have to have the ability to like express things like fluidly. Like yeah. You got to have articulate it. You got to have a base to build off of. You got to know words. You got to know like that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> like if you can't do that, then you can't go off script. And like, and especially part of it too is like experience too. If you never, if you haven't been in those situations where you've had to go off script, like the, you know, the first time you ever, you know, step into a, like someone calls you out, you're not ready for it. Right. No. And or even crashing mid round and how you're crashing mid round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, what do I do? What do I do? The more you do it, the more you get used to it. And you're like, oh, it's not so bad. Actually, first time you go into a circle, like you don't know who the people are and you're like, Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're getting nervous. But then after you do it a few times, you're just like, Oh yeah, it's just kind of whatever. I just go in and do my thing. Yeah. Or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, bullet points. Yeah. Bullet it's points. important. We have <laughs> bullet points. And we've got maybe a few of them. We touched on all of them, but like, we spent a lot more time on things that weren't even on there. So, yeah. So I hope it's always how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good approach. It's like mixing, mixing both worlds. We talked about, we, we, we did the gray area of <laughs> having a very clear interview and having just like a random conversation and it kind of went together. Maybe that's, that's key, man. That's what I've been trying to figure out this whole time. The breaking, yeah. you know, the balance yeah. of that is the toughest Yo. part of it. I feel like we got to have another chat sometime about that, that kind of thing. I didn't even I'm get down. to ask you about your normie life now. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't worry, it's that's not like, worth mentioning. <laughs> no, but like, that's something that it's, I think it's a really interesting thing to think about as people get older in the dance too. Hmm. And like, that's another ego thing too of like maybe this is maybe I'm just not going to do it anymore and letting go and like you know it was fun while it lasted and that I don't know that's a whole other kind of <laughs> Buddhist kind of philosophy sort of whatever thing that you can't get into right now um, but yeah appreciate the time and the conversation and the exchange of ideas and it was i hope it was fun then yeah it was really fun i hope uh, people listening or watching like they they get something out of it or it makes them think something and then they build on some idea or whatever um and if not eh, who cares (laughs) (laughs) yeah we had fun um yeah i appreciate it any do you is there anything like any last words or message that you want to just say (laughs) before we end it uh no i think i'm good (laughs) (laughs) sorry you gotta give a thought but yeah Yeah. just in case you had something you wanted to say um yeah again appreciate it all right man and uh it's good catching up and we'll do it again sometime in the future sounds good Thanks, everybody, for listening, for watching. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.
Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening, and look forward to the next one. Peace. Peace.